Our gospel story seems to be about thankfulness. On his way to Jerusalem, as you just heard, Jesus heals ten lepers and sends them on their way. And one returns to fall at his feet with a cry of gratitude, and he alone, of all the ten, experiences the full joy of God's saving grace. But this gospel story is more is about more than gratitude. It is about the gratitude of a foreigner, a foreigner who receives welcome. It's about identity, about exclusion and inclusion, exile and return. It's a story about the place where God dwells, a place in between and beyond our political, religious, and social boundaries. It's about who is invited, who belongs, and who thrives in that place. The lepers belong now to no one except one another and occupy a land described as a region between, neither here nor there. According to the customs of the day, Lepers live in seclusion, keep their distance from passers-by, wear only tattered clothes and disheveled hair, and all the while calling out in loud, humiliating cries, unclean, unclean. And so when Jesus heals them, he doesn't merely cure their bodies, he restores their identities. He frees them to return that all that makes us fully human, family, community, livelihood, intimacy. In healing their withered skin and numbed limbs, he releases them to feel again, to embrace and to be embraced, to worship in community, to exercise their talents and to share their gifts, to reclaim all the social and spiritual health their disease had stolen. Jesus enters this land beyond belonging and grants all the exiles free passage home. They were all no doubt grateful, but only one turns back to say so. And Luke tells us that this tenth leper was a Samaritan. As you might remember, by the first century, the enmity between the Jews and Samaritans is ancient and entrenched. The two groups disagree about everything important, how to honor God, how to interpret the scriptures, where to worship. They avoid social contract, contact whenever possible. To Jesus' followers, that made the Samaritan leper a double other. He was in social exile as both diseased and as a despised foreigner. It was this ultimate outsider who returned to Jesus, thanking him and praising God. We might be tempted to say, in spite of his being a foreigner, he returned with thanks to Jesus. But I wonder whether it might be flipped, whether it might be truer to say that he returned with thanks because, because he was a foreigner. 
Perhaps it took someone like him to sense that his place of belonging, his identity, was at Jesus' feet, no matter where those feet might take him. At the feet of someone who had not only cured him, but embraced him for all that he was, had been, or ever would be. Leper, foreigner, exile, outcast, a resident on the fringe, the other, and a beloved child of God. Perhaps it took someone who had nothing to lose to see fully what was being offered. Your faith has made you well, Jesus tells him. It's a phrase that could just as easily been translated as your faith has saved you or your faith has made you fully alive. Perhaps the Samaritan leper was grateful less for healing than for this truer and deeper sense of belonging. And perhaps Jesus is saying that that, not the sudden vanishing of the scabrous flesh, is what truly that is what truly, fully makes him whole. The tenth leper's gratitude was in witness to God's extravagant and inclusive welcome as offered by Jesus in that region between, that no man's land. This story then reminds us that such gratitude is most likely felt as it has been in our own lives, most likely felt, and that that welcome is best experienced at hard borders and in desperate circumstances. A year ago this month, I had been referred to a neurosurgeon after, after the discovery of a brain aneurysm. Well, Elliot and I sat anxiously rehearsing our questions when the doctor walked in. The doctor had his own urgent first question for us. Were we really, as his nurse had told him, were we really Episcopalians? <laughs> because if we were, he wanted to thank us. Now, every time he met an Episcopalian, he had long ago promised himself he would take time to thank them for what an Episcopal church in Virginia had done for him and for his family nearly 50 years ago. He had been born in Vietnam and was still only a small boy when the war ended, sending his family fleeing alongside so many others. Because it was not safe, to try to leave the country as an intact family. His mother fled in one direction with some of the children, including our doctor, while his father took off in another direction with a daughter. It would be 12 years before they would come together again. The father and daughter had been detained at the border. But his mother and the rest of them made it to one of those overcrowded, dis dismal, disease-ridden island refugee camps that we've all heard so much about. And there they spent a full year before being sponsored by an Episcopal church in Virginia. The parishioners there provided a home, taught them English, sent his mother to college, 
and cared for them until she was able to provide for their family. One parishioner, a doctor, took a special interest in our young doctor, who was only seven years old, telling him he could see in the young boy a future in medicine. It was that special attention that inspired our doctor to become a neurosurgeon, to become someone who could, in turn, help others as he had been helped. As he recounted that story, he was as animated, as vibrant, as fully alive with gratitude, as if it were happening all over again. He was electric with gratitude. Well, the neurosurgeon in Baltimore who repaired the aneurysm later had a similar story, having fled Cuba as a five-year-old during the Cuban Revolution. He lived as a refugee in Panama and Puerto Rico and only came to the States when he was awarded a college scholarship. His gratitude seemed to be lived out in humility, compassion, a great generosity of spirit, and a lightness, a, a levity of heart. And in no small part, thanks to these two foreigners, I am as one of the ten lepers. I am healed, and I am grateful. The greatest threat to my wholeness, my well-being, my fullness of life is no longer an aneurysm. The greatest threat is instead mistaking my health, my comfort, and my privilege as a white, abled, straight, Christian citizen, as a full reflection of the true identity that God intends for me. We are healed not to stay the same, but to live differently, to occupy our lives more fully than ever before, even as we work to break down divisions that exclude others. For some of us, that may mean stepping into places where we're the outsiders, vulnerable and uneasy. For some, that may mean struggling with difficult questions about our responsibility to the stranger, the alien in our midst, the other. For some, that may mean taking a hard look at our undue privilege and the ways we consciously and unconsciously pervert justice to sustain it. For others, yet, that may mean sitting honestly in the silent company of our most profound and unmatched, unmet longings. We are most fully alive when we dare to turn away from the comfort and complacency that inhabits and isolates us and to return to the one who welcomes our vulnerable souls and bodies home. We are most fully alive when we stand with Jesus in that region between which, it turns out, is the very place of belonging for us all. Oh, God of mercy, arouse in us the faith that makes us whole. 
and grant us the courage to become fully alive, to be electric with gratitude. For the sake of all whom you love and to the praise of your holy name. Amen. <laughs>